Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we discuss entertainment media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Wow, that is a delay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and start a fight in the comments. Now that Christmas has passed, I can encourage the negativity again. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, so you can you can check us out on various social medias. So there's going to be some buttons that you can click that are good and nice buttons, like some sort of like or subscribe or follow, and you should leave a comment. This one I feel like is not going to be a very controversial episode because we're going to be talking about your music tastes. So and let, I, yeah. I mean, you can tell Preston that he's bad and wrong and shouldn't listen to music he <laughs> listens to. That'd be a good way to invite controversy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, do that. Make me sad. Because I'll be talking about how a lot of my music taste has been stemmed from my status of my depression. Mm. Oh, lovely. Very good. Yeah, that'll make you feel bad if you're like, man, Preston, I hate what you listen to. And I'm like, cool, it's how I cope. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. I'm going to get very personal on this episode. (laughs) Sounds like fun. All right. Uh, Yeah, so in case you haven't noticed for some reason... Uh, we are remote. Uh, Matt is out in Montana, and, uh, we, Matt is out in Montana, watched, uh, working on his computer out there with a yep. camera, and I'm still yep. in our, uh, normal recording spot, uh, but in just, like, a different location, and we are discording, so there's gonna be kind of some odd delays, um, so prepare for those, hopefully Gage does a really great job of cutting that out, um, yep. But, yeah, there will also be moments where one of us starts talking, the other one starts talking, and then there's an awkward gap. <laughs> Again, hopefully yep. Gage cuts all those out. Um, yes. But, yeah, this is the uh, first time we've ever done this. Um, yep. But it's, well, it's actually, technically second time. It's technically second time, because we recorded the Wonder Woman in, uh, review just, just earlier. Mere moments ago. Yep. Matt! Cool. Preston! What you been up to? Christmas! Christmas! It's been Christmas! <laughs> it has been Christmas. Yep. Yeah, so I haven't done a whole lot in the way of uh, content consumption, I guess. Um, I watched Wonder Woman, but usually yeah. being with my family, we're not really a sit down and let's watch a movie together kind of family. We're more of a let's sit down and talk or play games or eat food kind of family. Yep. That's the same um, with us. So, yeah. We watched that because we had to watch it for the review. Um, watched that. Um, my family was kind of uh, all right about how, how I felt about it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's fun, but it's got some real problems with it. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see. Gosh, yeah, I, I just I really haven't done very much. I played in a chess tournament last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, very rusty. I tied for third place, but I played kind of badly. Um, I'm disappointed in myself. I messed up a couple of games where I should have known better what to do. Um, yeah. But I did some... Yeah. Um, made some friends and it was good to get out and actually see some people and uh, get to play against real people again. Yeah. Because people you play online are fake people. Yeah. <laughs> they're all none of them. None of them is a real person. If you go and meet them, then they're just an android that is a yeah. pretend person. Every oh, now and then right. I meet someone that's pretending to be a real person online, but they're actually their computers making the moves for them. Oh, well, that's always fun. Yeah. Yeah, usually they're easy to spot and report to the appropriate moderators, but... Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, what are you so, been up to? Oh, boy. Quite a lot. Uh, but I'm going to dwell on one thing. So I watched... Uh, 
I saw, I'll breeze through all this stuff. I'm, nah, I'm just going to dwell on the one thing. We're, we're trying to do better at that. I'm just sticking to one thing. So I watched Saving, God, I keep wanting to say Saving, Defending Jacob. Mm -hmm. It is a, uh, it is an eight part miniseries uh, in, uh, on Apple TV uh, starring Dude. Chris Evans. I watched it for our uh, annual Christmas uh, Christmas special. It's the only thing mm -hmm. Chris Evans has been in, so I kind of had to watch it. Fair enough. Um, I'm still sitting on it, trying to figure out where it's really going to land. But right now, it's at a nine. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's high it, praise. Uh, right there. It uh, it takes a little bit to get going. Kind of the first couple episodes, I'm just like, all right, I kind of see where this is going. I talked about it before uh, with Kalen. Um, where I could tell, I was like, okay, I think I see what they're doing. They have, I think they showed their cards too early and now they're like adding a red herring into it and they're trying mm -hmm. to buffer the time and stuff like that. But it's from the first couple episodes, first couple episodes make it seem like it's going to be a mystery of who done it kind of thing. Right. Um, but it rapidly changes into the hunt where okay. it's how the family is affected by this incident. Um, mm -hmm. So the story is that this young boy, or not young boy, this 15-year-old uh, kid shows up dead. Um, and the the main character, Chris Evans' character, is, uh, is the one who... It's unclear if he's a lawyer or a cop or a detective or whatever his role is. He was like an assistant DA, but it shouldn't have been him investigating i'm not entirely sure what his role was um but the the writer of the novel it's based on i think is a lawyer so i guess okay. he kind of knew what he was talking about maybe this was something that was specific to a small town um sounds more, but, more legally i guess yeah um so he's investigating it and over the first couple episodes there are like all these little moments that kind of make it seem like his son is the one who did it like he's kind of weird mm -hmm. about it um and then someone posts on facebook uh or obscure social media platform uh that uh someone said jacob we, or jake we all know you did it you have a knife you brought it to school and that kind of sends the entire town against jacob and it like and from there on it's uh so the main character gets taken off the case obviously and then right. it becomes, he, he is like, it, it's, they have a lawyer. It's not just him defending him, but like, it's them going, Jake didn't do this. Like we it, it didn't do this, but the whole town is against him. Similar to the hunt. Uh, I'm not spoiling right. the hunt again. I wholly recommend to every single person in the world who is not a teacher <laughs> uh, that you go, that you go and watch the hunt. It's a Danish movie with Mads Mikkelsen. I don't know where it is. It was on Hulu for a little bit. It's where we watched it, but uh, go watch this. But this movie or this show from episode mid episode two until episode, the end of episode eight, it's just an entirely different show. And it's not that like, they changed the show. It's that they needed the setup of kind of a mystery to really, uh -huh. it's cause it's still a mystery through the show. Um, and it's just, the drama is great. Like the, it kind of like in the first episode, the dialogue is weird and not greatly written. Mm -hmm. But and I don't know if it gets better or it's just become such a good character drama that I I just it I miss it. Like I'm so focused, I'm invested in the characters. 
all of the characters have genuine flaws. Um, Chris Evans' character is so like set in the way, set in his vision of the way reality is, and that becomes mm-hmm. a recurring issue throughout the entire thing. There's a recurring theme of lies causing isolation, and it's just like this. Yeah. It the music is too good for an for a for a TV show on a streaming service. Like it's just, it's such a I don't know what that's such a good show. What? <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean about the music being too good because like uh, uh, it, Queen's it, Gambit has fantastic music and. Well, for like um, for being one of these just like off like one of these other streaming services, like I didn't think they would have the budget to get someone to do something really good. Like in yeah. my mind, something like Apple TV would the person they hire for the music is just like I'm doing it for half my normal rate. I'm just gonna give you something. But like, I guess it's um, Apple, so they can afford well, it. Well, I mean, but yeah, they got they got uh, Chris Evans and uh, what's his face that played the kid is pretty prominent now because he was in uh, It and Knives Out. And, yep. uh, Michelle Dockery um, was she's one of the main players on Downton Abbey. She's a uh, yep. relatively well known. Um, you know, there's still yeah, people in there. It's it's a pretty stacked, yeah, and it, it's just it's that is the second piece of video of cinema a uh, cinema that I sat through the entire credits, not because I was watching the credits, but it took me that long to snap out of it. Like at the very end, I like in it. I don't want to talk about the end at all. Like it's it, because mm-hmm. it ends. It ends the way the show needed to end. Like it, the, okay. the way that the, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a different show at the end. Like it fits with the way that the story has been told. Um, okay. And it's just, Oh, I, I, I recommend it to people. Uh, if, I recommend it to teachers specifically because it left me with the same feeling and it gives me the same feeling as The Hunt. Um, and if you're a teacher, don't watch The Hunt because, boy, yeah, it's about a teacher. <laughs> um, but watch this. I'm going to get Kaylin to watch it. She said she didn't hate it. She had a lot of the similar problems I did with the first episode, so I'm hoping that getting into the second and third episode, she'll get more attached. Um, yep. But can I, can just, I watch it too? Because I don't have Apple TV, but I really like I like what you're saying uh, about it. You can you can get a, a seven day subscription to Apple TV, and if like I I binged it, like I didn't mean to binge it. I was gonna <laughs> go to bed, and then suddenly it was one o'clock, and I'd finished it, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> uh, All right, it's just maybe I'll it's yeah maybe I'll do that sometime. Yeah, and if you get uh, if you get uh, to the end of your seven day subscription, you can't finish it, then I will be more than happy to watch it again. Like I. A nine, again, for people who don't know, is I will actively seek this out if I want to watch something good. Like, it's the same reason I watched Chernobyl a second time. It's because it's just Mm -hmm. a good, self-contained story that you can sink your teeth in for a couple days and then just enjoy it. It's like, I recommend it. Defending Jacob on Apple TV. Uh, I want to go, I kind of want to read the book. Um, uh, But, I mean, it... I, I've, I looked up, obviously, how it differs from the book, and it's actually really similar to the book. Uh, the ending mm-hmm. is actually more in line with what the writer wanted the book to end, uh, but when, like, in how the original manuscript was going to be, but because of editors and publishers, they had them change the oh, ending. Interesting. Um, so it's, it's I, I think that's why it fits so well with the way the story is told, 
is because it's what he wanted. It's how he wrote the story to be. And mm-hmm. so it's just, uh, it's, it's so good. I, I need to sit on it longer because I feel like there are problems with it, but like I, there's so much good with it that I can't see past it. <laughs> good. I, rose colored glasses. I need to go, maybe I'll watch it again and be like, all right, that's where issues are. Cause I'm no longer invested in the story trying to figure it out. Then you can start right. seeing the problems. It's like seeing the problems yeah. with in-game. You really don't see it much in the first watch through, but the second watch through, you're like, problem, 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 problem. And you kind of, yeah. you're like, I'm waiting for that final fight. Like, <laughs> yep. Well, that's, uh, that's what, what critics I think do really well is when they watch something the first time, they're also watching it a second time. They, they mm. master the ability of seeing what it would feel like on a rewatch on that initial watch. Yeah. I'll have to get, I'll, we'll have to get better at that. And so we can actually like be able to pull that off really well. Oh, I'm pretty good at that. I don't know about you. Ah, shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I typically put myself in either one of the two boxes of I'm watching it like to consume it or I'm watching it critically. Uh, and that's right. completely dependent on if we're doing a review. I was watching Wonder Woman very critically and I was watching right. Defending Jacob. I was watching Chris Evans and the way he was, but because of the Christmas episode, but like about episode two or three, I was just invested in the story. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Um, yeah. So that's what I've been up to. Recommend it. Go watch Very it. Good. If you have Apple TV, if you have a couple days to just sit down and binge a eight movie or eight episode, not a movie, eight episode show, get your seven day subscription, free subscription, watch it, cancel it. <laughs> all right. Or watch it three times. I don't know. Take a couple days each one and <laughs> watch it three sure. times. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, news. News. Uh, John LeCar died. That happened a couple weeks ago, but I forgot to mention it on the last episode. Who? John LeCar. He's the Who's guy that? that wrote the. He's the guy that wrote the book, uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh no. Yeah, and also Aww. the Night Manager and the Constant yeah. Gardener and like fifty. Yeah, the other he's, ones, but Tinker Tailor. <laughs> he's the he's the master of the modern spy novel. Yeah. God, I need to read Tanker Taylor. I ordered a copy for you for Christmas, but it's not going to get here till February. <laughs> oh, why did you need why did you tell me that? I have enough books that I wasn't going to get to it by my birthday, so you could have done it a birthday present. Yep. Well, now I know. You'll have forgotten by then. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Cool. Yep. Well, thank you. Yeah. No, all the listeners just witnessed uh, Matt give me a present. <laughs> oh shit! That's now I gotta get I you something. The, I wanted the appreciation from the listeners. Yeah. Uh, just make them like see. you more. Yep, I'm very likable. Um, additional news item. Uh, we got a little. I guess it's sort of a teaser for Wandavision, the the reality yeah. thing. Some um, weird, like, I think it's just a, a, like, a promotional clip. Yeah. A TV spot of sorts. Yeah. YouTube spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I'm still on board. I'm still interested to see what they do with it. It kind of looks like, um, again, going back to my theory, I think, from last time, it seems like she's creating this world and sort of populating it with, um, what do they call them in Inception? Uh, projections. But then the projections kind of are like, wait, who am I? What's my purpose? Yeah. 
I passed I think, the butter. Uh, is your uh, <laughs> is your uh, is your theory that she's doing it consciously or subconsciously? One of the above. I think she's doing it. I think it's, she's doing it subconsciously because if she was doing it consciously, she wouldn't be asking these things who they were. Right. Like I think she would be. She's like subconsciously doing, it and she's like, "Wait, who are you?" And the other person's like, "I don't know." And then it's just a whole bunch of mystery because nobody. Yeah, knows. she's just she's retreating into herself. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like so, it. Of course, my theory for Wonder Woman just was a completely incorrect. So shows what I know. Very little. I'm, I don't know why I'm looking into the camera. That's we're on audio right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot else. Um, there will be the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, is a show that was announced via the last uh, episode of uh, Mandalorian. Uh, you haven't gotten there okay. yet, but nope. that's news now. Uh, cool. It's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a mini series of Boba Fett set in during the time of Mandalorian. Um, okay. Obviously, can't talk about it much because it's kind of a spoiler for the. We know what it what it's kind of going to be about, uh, but mm-hmm. it's told about in the Mandalorian post post credit scene. So okay, people go need to go watch that. Go go watch that, and then you'll know what it's about um, vaguely. Uh, I'm interested to see how this goes. It'll be kind of cool. Uh, bring back some familiar characters, probably. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff like that. See, uh, see, see Boba Fett. Be Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Maybe in the some discri- Maybe, uh, maybe some disintegrations. No disintegrations. Nah, he doesn't have a bus anymore. He could do all ah. of the disintegrations. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Very good. All right. Anything else? Uh, the only other thing that drew my attention was um, apparently Legendary is at least considering pursuing a lawsuit against WB for sending Dune to streaming. Um, oh. They control 75% of the rights and they control the, the book rights. They haven't actually gone through with it yet, but they've made it clear that they are not pleased with the, the idea of Dune going to streaming and theater simultaneously. Um, and they're yeah. thinking about a lawsuit. Okay. Which All right. I I don't know. I kind of hope that that goes forward just so we can see that play out a little bit. Um. So here here's the question then: Would you would you rather the lawsuit go through and it's only in theater, and we have to wait another year, or would you rather get it when it's set to go out? Because honestly, if it's a lawsuit, it's probably going to push the deadline back or the do, the release date back. Because lawsuits can take a while. And yeah. this is set to and go out seems... in November. Yeah, and this would yeah. Be... So they've got this would probably be a pretty unprecedented one too. Lots yeah, to think about. so it's like got, lots of appeals. To, yeah, this is going to be one of the lawsuits. If this happens, this will probably be a lawsuit that that comes back that people go back to for kind of like yeah. establishing. Honestly, yeah, like I would like a lawsuit to happen, but I really want to see Dude. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like the sort of thing where it could get um, the man who killed Don Quixote. Or it just kind of disappears a little bit because of all this behind-the-scenes stuff and yeah. becomes one of those cursed movies that they can never release. God, that would be so. such a bummer, dude. Mm. I'm so ready for this movie. I want to go back and watch the trailer now. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Muad'Dib. Uh, Muad'Dib. Right. Um, anything else? Or should we, so should we start getting into it? That's all I got. Let's get into it. All right. Time for me to talk about myself for, God, 30 minutes. Preston, explain yourself. So, our friend Brendan, uh, in our, uh, our, our groveling for episode topics on Instagram, uh, asked us to talk about kind of our music. Um, we had talked about, we'd had an episode, one of us each, for kind of our history through, through movies. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of how we grew up, what movies we watched, kind of what brought us to this moment um, for movies. Uh, which was a little bit more related to how we got to having a podcast. Um, but Brandon asked us about like our music tastes. Uh, what uh, what got us to where we are now. Like Kind of like what we like, kind of our history with music. So uh, yeah. I'm doing that first. Uh, we're going to see kind of how this episode goes. Matt will do his at some point in the next, I think, two months is your episode at some point. Um, coming up. I think it might be early January. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to spend a little time kind of like talking about what, like, I have a lot of music shifts. Um, Mm -hmm. I have two, two rarely, really clear music shifts, uh, music taste shifts. Um, I don't know about Matt. We'll learn about that on your episode, but, uh, I want to, the initial plan for me for this episode was to go into in depth kind of when I got introduced to bands and try to start to piece together how that tethered into my life, uh, and see kind of how that all related to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, in order to do that, I was going through old Facebook posts, which is by the way, never do that. Uh, Oh boy. No. Yikes. Yikes. No. Uh, old Facebook posts. I went through all of my Spotify playlists to see when, uh, artists were added to playlists i went through all of my year top artists on spotify which only brings me back to 2015 i was playing with vivid images of memories of like certain bands and uh what i was doing at them at the time and trying to piece together that uh that timeline Mm -hmm. um but the more i got into it the more tired i got of looking at old facebook posts and just (laughs) like not really understanding and also all of like the clearest time starts in like 2013 which is not that's only seven years of my 24 years that's not a lot um and so i can kind of talk about my development my broader development like what i was like when i was five what i was like when i was 16 what i was like when i'm now um that's tenses for you um and I, th- I think I want to do that. I want to kind of take a broader scope to it, but I want to talk a little bit more about like maybe where my music taste was related to my life at the time. And I've, I've told Matt to ask me a lot of questions about um, whatever he can come up with just to pad the, to pad the runtime, honestly. So um, Preston, what's the meaning of uh, life? Uh, 42. Um, when I was... <laughs> uh, so when I was really young like early uh god that'd be early aughts like through kind of 2005 and six mm-hmm. um that would put me about 10 christian rock it was christian music for me all the time um 
Makes sense. That's because that's that's what I grew up around. Uh, right. This was at you when you're that young. You really only listen to the music that your parents listen to because that's what you have access to. You don't have an MP3 player. For us, when we were that young, kids yeah. nowadays, yeah. Um, so a lot of Christian rock. I had like a couple bands that I kind of really liked, but I could only really like get a couple of their music from Christian rock playlist discs. There's this thing called Wow Worship or whatever that had a few that was like a yearly release where they compiled like the best of for each of the years mm-hmm. uh, that I listened to. But Newsboys was my shit. Uh, <laughs> I've heard good uh, things. They uh, they're a Christian rock band that kind of kind of played a little bit more electronic. They were rock, but they played a little bit more electronic with it, um, and had like synthesizer with it. And I really kind of dig that. Like, um, and looking back on them, there was this feeling of fullness that i really liked um a lot of christian music is pretty much straight just like guitar bass drum and it's not it's those specific instruments Mm -hmm. and the way that they're kind of mastered doesn't really feel full um i know what you mean and at this exact moment i just came up with a motif that i'm going to start using this entire thing and it's going to be a thread that goes through my entire episode lovely Bear with me here. So, <laughs> um, so it's this, it's this fullness that I, that I, I really liked. And I, uh, the reason I remember them very vividly is because when I was in elementary school, we had art class and my art teacher would let us bring in music to play in the, like for the classroom. And I brought in a disc with newsboys on it, but she said she couldn't play it because it was Christian rock and it might offend other religions, which Preston was like, totally get it. That's fair. I get the Christianity is not the only religion around. Mm-hmm. Being in Georgia, there was probably other parents that would have lost their shit if someone told their kid that. Um, and also being in Oklahoma, same thing. Um, so I was like, okay, I get that. But that also, tying into just general life, that was my kind of first experience with, hmm, maybe Christianity is not just the center of the world. Um, mm-hmm. And so, ignoring that. Uh, as I got a little bit older, uh, kind of into middle school, I got Guitar Hero 2 which was really my first kind of like deep dive into secular music. Um, okay. And a couple bands uh, stood out to me um, particular. Well, oh, actually, hold on. Uh, prior to that, I had stolen my sister's MP3 player in early elementary school or uh, in late elementary school, early middle school. As all good younger siblings should. Do what? As all good younger siblings should. Oh, Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of music on that that actually comes back later in my, in my, uh, there was a uh, yellow card, there was switch foot, there was uh, system of a down, weirdly, <laughs> there was, uh, I don't know um, what any of these words mean. <laughs> uh, bands. There were bands like rock bands that, um, uh, that kind of, that started to show me new secular music, but then Guitar Hero came around. And the biggest one that that came to me from Guitar Hero was Foo Fighters, because the huh. song "Monkey Wrench" by Foo Fighters was on that album or on that uh, in that music, and I played that, and that was kind of like I, 
when I was playing the games, I never really listened to the music because I was focusing on like ding the dots and hitting the dots and hitting the the, the pick thing and right. making sure I fight and then also rage quitting because I was, was an angry child, uh, an angry adult and, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm an angrier adult, um, <laughs> and uh, I I really came across that song on a bonus video of the game that they started playing that music and it was kind of like a showcase of them doing covers, like showing how they would actually record the music with cover artists and stuff like that. And they use that. Um, and I was like, I love this so much. Like just this song is just so awesome. And one of the, what about it? What about it grabbed you? I think there's one specific spot where it just cuts. Uh, if you listen to the song, monkey wrench, uh, maybe Gage will be able to, ah, I'm not going to make him go through all that. Uh, if you listen to the song Rocky Ridge, um, after the verse, there is like the music cuts and then comes back in. It's like a, it's a very hard off and hard on. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but I just really like that because like the, they would also, the way they were mastered also still made it seem full. Like it was, it just sounded good. Um, and the fact that there was just this hard gap, uh, was really appealing to me somehow. It just stuck out to me and I was like, ah, I really like that. I like this song. Um, okay. and so, uh, that kind of introduced me to them. And then I would listen to music from Guitar Hero 2, specifically Guitar Hero 2. I never had one or three or any of the other ones. All right. Um, but I would like, there's a lot of other, other songs on that that I liked. Another one in particular that I liked was Avenged Sevenfold, uh, Beast and the Harlot. The thing that stuck out to me on that one was this guy that had a scream voice would suddenly break into falsetto for the mel or for the verse or for the uh, the chorus, which blew my mind. I was just like, I kind of I like this like kind of angry like the the rock the the metal kind of had this this inherent fullness to it because the the distorted guitar like the really heavily distorted guitar and the distorted mm -hmm. bass and then. Um, they would do harmonies like uh, Monkey Wrench did harmonies and Beast and the Harlot did harmonies okay. and then he broke into this like melodic and I was just like this is just kind of cool and so you like through you like contrasts and you like uh, musicality it sounds like right exactly yeah and this, like, uh, just... you're very much your father's son because he likes <laughs> contrasting music and he has, his songs are all musical yep Yep, that is, uh, I mean, that's, that's me being exposed to this kind of music early on, yeah. uh, that, that kind of played subconsciously. And, uh, so it, I, I learned about these guys and then I very clearly remember, uh, through, uh, through late middle school and really early high school, Avenged Sevenfold was my shit. Uh, that was like my main, that was kind of my core band. Um, was Avenged Sevenfold because, and I learned a lot about it. I learned a lot more about music through them because of, uh, like, so they're, they, you, I don't know. Brendan can tell you about the 86 different versions of metal that exist. I think you're, <laughs> which, I think you're undercounting there according to him. I, 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 I think I actually am. Like he said something like he's, t cause he, I, you and I were talking to him about that and he said that number and I was like what's the difference? And I was like, what's the difference between this one and this one? He's like, the other one uses a little more bass drum. And I'm like, no, it's the same genre. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like, that's like talking about the difference between 
Um, you can talk about classical music, or you can talk about Russian mm-hmm. classical music in the 19th century that was composed in the tradition of the Mighty Five, or that was composed outside the tradition of the Mighty Five, but still kind of in the same uh, motivic development of direction. Yeah. So something like, uh, well, not even Taneyev, because he was much more Western. Um, I can't think of a good example off the top of my head. Tchaikovsky, I guess. <laughs> sort of. Looking into my camera like, yep, I know these words. Um, but it, like, it's stuff, so it's stuff that, like, the difference is you can't tell, an untrained ear can't tell the difference. Matt, right. you can tell the difference in those things, but if I played you two different rock bands, you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference in their genres. But if I played you rock and Cardi B, different genres, like, very mm-hmm. clearly different. Um, yes. One of them and... is music. One of them is not. <laughs> Ooh, we're roasted. There we go. There's your, uh, there's your, uh, uh, contradictor, uh, conflict. What's the word? Controversy. Con- controversy. Yeah. Controversial statement of the episode. Um, yeah. I learned about this thing called melodic metal is what they called it. Um, okay. where it was, it was, it had the instrumentation of metal, but the singers would actually sing. And, uh, Avenged Sevenfold is one that really did that, where their earlier music is like really just metal and like screaming and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but their later music, he like actually took vocal lessons and learned how to sing better. And like all of the guys kind of took like the two guitar players took singing lessons too, so that they could learn to do backup vocals. And mm-hmm. it just like it appealed to me about that like that contrast and that growth. Mm-hmm. Um, of a band making them more of a full well-rounded band and it like it really appealed to me going in and also i was a middle schooler and angsty and rock (laughs) sure (laughs) um so from them i kind of like breached into other rock bands um like uh skillet which uh has a couple uh they're kind of a rock secular rock band but they have a couple songs that can be interpreted as christian so that kind of stuff came up in in church I know nothing um, about them, but I was always under the impression that they were just a Christian band. Right, exactly. Like, it depends on the context that you're introduced to them through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and mine had to be, happened to be through Secular, and then also realized that my dad was listening to one of their songs. Like, oh, kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then another band is called Rise Against. And this is where I started paying attention to the words of the music. Because Rise Against has a song called September's September's Kids? Something. Um, But it's a song about... (laughs) It's a song about the weirdly large number of kids, gay kids, that were bullied into committing suicide in September of 2010, I want to say? I don't know the year. But it's this whole song. Like, it's just... Like, the lyrics are about that. Um, and I learned more about Rise Against and, like, he's vegan and they're very kind of, like, uh, like activist, uh, very activist band. And all their music kind of reflects that. And that song, like, made me choke up. And I was like, oh, my God, like, words to music matter. Like, I, it's, I kind of, like, I started listening to lyrics more often. And I was kind of in this, like, middle area between paying attention to the content of the music and paying attention to the music, like the Mm -hmm. construction of the music. It seems generally Uh, like you just have a a very active mind that likes to be challenged and approached by all these different ideas, musically speaking. I guess so. (laughs) That might be the nicest thing I've ever said to you. 
<laughs> Probably. <laughs> By far. Um, but uh, I, that really, like, spoke to me, and I learned more about them. Um, and there was still rock, and that, like, this started to... I, this was kind of the point where I started to realize that there are more bands out there than kind of mm-hmm. my select few. Um, and so I started to try to like draw on more music. And then I was introduced to Linkin Park. Uh, that was the first one, like they, they're rock, but they had a different element to it, which was rap um, and kind of more pop music. Uh, okay. I don't remember what, what album I heard uh, or what song I heard first, but I heard a song and I was like, I really like that song. And then I went and I sought out the album. And then when I found the album, I learned more about Linkin Park and I found their other albums. And they were the first band that I was able to distinguish between albums. Um, I could tell the difference. Like if, if, uh, I could tell you what they changed between different albums. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and like that rap, I was very opposed to rap. And I was just like, that's weird that they have rap. Like, I don't, like, I don't normally like this stuff, but like, it kind of, it mixes in with the rock really well. And I really liked it. It was kind of, again, this contrast Mm -hmm. of like opposing genres that I really, that I really liked. Um, So I got really into Linkin Park later, uh, later elementary school or or later middle school, early uh, high school. Okay. And then, um... Then something weird happened, and I got really into Daft Punk. I think it was influenced from my sister. Um, okay. But my freshman year of high school, I was way into Daft Punk. And I remember kids bullying me about it because I was like a pothead techno listener. And I was like, I don't smoke pot! What's pot? <laughs> um, so, I, I'm, I've never been entirely clear on what Daft Punk is. They are, so they're electronic music. So house, like electric dance, electronic dance music. Um, which is, uh, it's kind of repetitive, uh, like kind of reference or, uh, um, um, influences from disco. So kind of like the kind of thing, like, like this house kind of, kind of stuff like that. Um, what you might be confused about is their most recent album, Random Access Memories, (laughs) which was very different uh they took a very different approach with that one and it's a lot more funk which i really dug that was great i like that album like it's a lot more funk it's definitely got its house and edm uh Mm -hmm. roots still but they had a lot more people come in do like more funk and kind of like stuff like that um i think it may have been an intentional breach reach out to do something different after they did the soundtrack for tron And they were told, basically, they kind of realized they were being kind of typecast into this just like purely electric computer thing. And they're, they're, they're craftsmen. So they were probably like, let's, let's do something a little different. Let's kind of break out of this uh, mold. Um, But I really into Daft Punk my freshman year. Um, I think my sophomore year, I kind of like reverted back to my own taste in music. I'm trying to remember what I had, what classes I had. Um... I think about that time I was, I wasn't listening to music as much. I was getting a little bit more social. Um, mm-hmm. so I wasn't listening to music as much. Uh, so I think it was just kind of me like picking, picking out little bits. Uh, I did have a CD player alarm clock 
that had the CD in it was the first song of it was Nightmare by Avenged Sevenfold. So I was clearly still staying in that realm. Um, okay. That was my sophomore year of high school. So I, because so clearly I was still listening to that kind of music through high school uh, or through sophomore year. Then I moved. And when I moved, I moved in the middle of summer and I had uh, my own room. I mean, I always had my own room, but I had my room and I had nothing to do. And so I listened to so much more music, but it was all rock. And the one that was like kind of the the the, the centerpiece of this stage was Breaking Benjamin, where okay. it began this me reaching into this like the the angsty high school rock. Hmm. Like if I could, I would have had long black hair over one of my eyes. Like the just angry and I, I it probably had to do with the fact that i had just moved in the middle of high school yeah um it's a big disruption i was the i was just starting to uh like get interested in a girl who was also interested in me so i was about to have my first girlfriend i was really starting to like develop solid relationships with my two best friends in georgia mm-hmm. and like then i moved and it just had all that tripped away and i'm assuming that's i I haven't gone to therapy about it. I don't really need to go to therapy about it. Uh, I'm assuming that that's the reason I like went into that, went into that hole that, uh, or that, that uh, umbrella that a lot of people kind of went through in elementary or high school. Um, So breaking Benjamin was a centerpiece and I had, um, I bought their albums on Amazon. My parents had, Side note, my parents had bought me a subscription to Spotify four years prior. <laughs> wow. I just never really, like, they got it for me for Christmas, and I never really, like, actually went into it. But I bought... Um, You're an ungrateful child. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but I bought their albums on uh, on Amazon, and then I wanted more music. So I began to, like, straight up Google album or artists like Breaking Benjamin artists like Breaking Benjamin and Papa Roach and Young Guns and like all these other artists. And Mm -hmm. I would go into Amazon and I would go to albums and then I would look at like recommended albums and just like start pressing buy. I spent so much money on music, Um, which is why I really wish I'd known about Spotify better before that. (laughs) Um, But I just, I just got this massive collection of just rock and just like, just this all into this one kind of era for me of like one year basically my junior year of high school um where it was just i i could list you 14 different artists right now that i would listen to but i couldn't tell you a single name of one of their songs or which album it came from but i can kind of tell you if i heard the song i could tell you who it was but i just like they became i lost this this interest in the creator and just needed this like soak into this pool of music because uh, yeah. I had nothing yeah. else to do. I was also learning guitar and all mm-hmm. of this music is in drop D, which is basically you just, you just do this the whole time. There's no art to playing this music. <laughs> um, and so I was learning guitar and that's kind of what I did. Also, that's my dad's guitar. I love that guitar. Uh, and um, I, I, so that's kind of how I learned guitar starting is it was a very simple thing until I started getting a little bit better at being able to play chords. So it was just, yeah, again, like this, this stage of my life where I was just in this bubble cocoon. Um, yeah. I didn't have my license. 
because I lost my wallet a week before we moved, and then so everything got screwed up in the move, and like I didn't couldn't get my permit. Um, oh, of course. I was I was like isolated, and it was just horrible. Yeah. Um, so you turn this this instead of instead of music being more of a an interest thing where your your brain is expanding out and going for ideas, you need that emotional content instead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like okay. just just that support, like that musical support. It gave me something to just attach to. Right. Um, and I will say that that need faded uh, over over time, uh, over like the next year, because I still listen to that music. I have. Uh, so I got my first, I had started dating my first girlfriend in junior year of high school, uh, mm-hmm. about halfway through that first year of high school, so which quick turnaround for being a new guy. There <laughs> um, you go. And, uh, I like things got better, uh, cause I had met someone that I cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I stopped listening to music as much. Um, and so I could tell you. Like, a lot of the artists I would listen to faded into obscurity. Uh, bands like Saving Abel, I really liked their one album that Ooh. was out at the time. and that, A band. Uh, and that was kind of in that, that pool of music. But mm-hmm. as I began to kind of climb out of that pit, they kind of faded into obscurity for me. A lot of other bands faded into obscurity. But, like, stuff like Breaking Benjamin... Uh, um, a band called Young Guns and a band called Papa Roach, uh, all kind of like really stayed relevant to me. Uh, and I think, think there's reasons stuff? for that. Um, so you remember that like that chop, the, that gap in yep. Foo Fighters. Yep. Uh, I found little bits of those in all of their music where oh. they would actually play very choppy on the guitar. So it's kind of this full sound for like a brief second. That's just kind of the way that like. It was like, it was muted. It was, um, I don't know. There was like techniques with the, with the, uh, what could be, uh, vocal range. Uh, uh, Benjamin Burley, the guy, Burnley, the guy from, uh, Breaking Benjamin has a really good vocal range. And I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Young Guns was British. And I think that just appealed to me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, they also had like, uh, there's certain things about their music their music is a lot less straightforward that if you had to write the chords of their music, it wouldn't be A minor, D, F sharp. Like, it wouldn't be simple. Like, it was like, if you listened a little bit more to the harmonics of it, uh, or the the harmonies of it, it was like, there was like flat fives in there sometimes. Like, they had like diminished chords and stuff like that, while still being very, like, straightforward. Um, which, I mean, you say that like kind of sarcastically, but when in the context of like rock bands like that, it's pretty rare. Yeah. No, um, and I think that, I think that added to the, the fullness of why I liked them. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you're a musician. You need to be challenged yeah. musically. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, so they have three albums out, four albums out. Their fourth one came out really quickly after their third one. And I'm not a huge fan of it, but three of their good albums are very different. You, I can very clearly tell the difference between their three albums. Um, and I just, I really liked it. Um, Papa Roach pulled from a lot of different genres. They pulled from rap. They pulled from dance, uh, like electronic. They pulled obviously from rock, uh, like kind of all their stuff. Like they like to experiment. And I like that a lot. Um, 
But ultimately, all of their music is kind of like about the same stuff. It's less about the content. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my senior year, I got into jazz, uh, jazz band. And that's what introduced me to jazz. Yeah. Jazz. You like jazz? I do like jazz. <laughs> uh, so tell me about jazz. And, and so it, did, it didn't become a prevalent thing for me. I was still into the rock. Uh, but like I started listening to a little bit more jazz, kind of like complicated rhythms and stuff like that, uh, that just interest me. Uh, it it didn't, I didn't delve into it, but it was just kind of like the slow growth, uh, over the next like four years of interest in jazz. So um, are there any any particular, any particular jazz artists, um, that have... Yeah. Um, Gordon Goodwin and the big fat band. Uh, that's actually not the first time... Uh, it hadn't been the first time I'd been introduced to him. My freshman year marching band show was a jazz band show march to music by his. And I kind of like, like I, I, uh, oh, I did jazz band in Georgia too. I didn't care that much that back then. I was listening to, to Daft Punk. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so I joined Jazz Band, I got a little bit into jazz, and then jazz becomes a recurring, like a crescendoing, to use music terms, uh, a crescendoing influence on my music from this point on. Um, I never really, like, jazz isn't my core uh, genre that I pay attention to, but it does become rapidly more influential in what I choose to listen to from, at the, from this point on, like especially so through college. So it's more of your mezzo forte, not your forte. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing the finger um, guns. You can't see it, but I'm doing the finger yeah. guns. <laughs> yep. um, so towards the end of high school, I was introduced to a band called Five Seconds of Summer that is a boy band. And Ew. so I, I will, I will uh, clarify this, that I was introduced to them while dating a girl that loved One Direction, which is a boy excuse me a boy band um and um so i was introduced to five seconds of summer that uh, i i looked at them and i was like it's another boy band and i listened to one of their songs and it's actually like rock like kind of rock uh it it blended kind of modern stuff with the early aughts like pop rock like Stacy's Ma, like Blink One Eighty Two, like that kind of early aughts, which I never actually really got into. But they kind of <laughs> blended that that feeling of this rock boy band to kind of modern uh, boy band and like modern at the time. This was 2006, 14, 2014. Right. Um, but the reason I liked them, I, I the reason I gave them more credit is because they were friends that started a band. Mm-hmm. For the same reason that I don't like One Direction, where it was Simon Cowell found these five guys that could sing and put them together in a band. Yeah. I didn't like that. I didn't like the construction of the band. Yeah. I liked this, like, that they were buds that made a band and then they then they succeeded and they're still succeeding, I think. Is that um, something you and can I just notice in the, in the music? Is there, like, an extra level of cohesion? I think uh, maybe. Uh, I never really thought about that when listening to it, but I think that... Maybe, maybe there was, and then I like paid attention to it, but I think just knowing the fact that they were friends made the band, made the music feel more real. Like, I just, like, I was like, these are guys that are friends playing music together, and I really liked that. It became less about what they're singing about, because they were singing about girls. They were a bunch of yeah. high school, young adult guys singing in a rock band. 
Like that's they're singing about girls. I and like the girls. music wasn't girls don't like me. <laughs> it's so sad. Oh, <laughs> girls liked them. Um but they were also like they're all very interesting characters. Like they all like had their very distinct looks. Mm-hmm. Um but it's just like the the band the 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 meta of the band really appealed to me and that became a a, it was another that's just another little checkbox that i added to my list of what makes me listen to music now like Mm -hmm. i want to dig into the band and kind of their history okay um and then college happened um boy did i cannot remember for the life of me what i listened to my freshman year of college I don't think I did. I think I spent most of my time going out and wait. Did we? When do we start? What? When do we start the podcast? Uh, we started the podcast in the spring of 2017. Okay, um, so no. Okay, so I wasn't yeah, listening to the our podcast yet. Junior year. Yeah. Okay. So I think I think at that point is when I was introduced. Panic at the Disco, which is very different from what I typically listen to. Because, like, my my typical realm was around, like, the harder rock, drop D, uh, like, louder rock music. Um, right. And Panic at the Disco was very different from that. And I... I How so? I think it was just something... I mean, it was just something new. Like, they don't use, like... I, I don't know. I just... The drums aren't overdone. He okay. actually sings the entire time. Uh, like, there's harmonies. There's just... I I don't know. I'll have to show you a couple of their songs. Like, they're not bad. I hate their new stuff. He became too, like, indulgent in his own fame and popularity. And it, I just don't like what stuff that, that's happening now. But yeah. at the time, I don't know. It was just... it was. They had very interesting sounds to their music. Things that you wouldn't expect to be... Like, they would integrate other sounds of, like, synthesizer. Not, like, not like melodic synthesizer, but kind of, like, sounds. There's one song I think of. It's called uh, Calendar. Where the beginning intro little bit is just this, like... Kind of has, like, the sound of a bell with, like, the sound of a clock with the sound of, like, a cash register. Like, it, I, there's all these weird sounds kind of, like, blending oh. into this one little rhythm thing that right. I really liked. Um, and also his use of harmonies. Like, they use a lot of harmonies, which I really dug. Um, and then I think at that point is when I did the same thing I did my junior year with rock, where I just was, like, more music, um, but with that kind of thing. So I went from Panic at the Disco and started reaching out to all these like bands, and I just started grabbing bands on. I was in Spotify at this point, right? Uh, I just started grabbing all these bands and just throwing them in a uh, in a playlist, which is why in my Spotify playlist, Alternate Rock, I have all of these artists that I added in 2014. Like mm-hmm. I just I just put them all in there. I was like, I'm gonna shuffle all these music and it became, too. It, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> And that music stew, like, it, that's, that's actually really interesting. Instead of it being a music pit, like it was my junior year, where I was like, I just want to be in this thing. It was like music stew. I was like, I want to try all these new flavors. I want these new music. I want to, like, it's this new world that, like, I want to just explore this, this new music that I've never listened to. Yeah. And I have all these artists in there. And, like, at the time, again, 
I couldn't tell you any of the names of the songs of the artists. I just, I could tell you what artists were in the playlist. And if you played one of the songs, I could tell you who it was, but I couldn't tell you albums or artists or songs or anything or like, or right. al albums or songs. Do you remember having any particular, do you remember having any particular favorites at this point? So Panic at the Disco was one. Uh, right. I kind of gravitated towards, um, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, Neon Trees. I kind of liked, but the one that really came through, the one that just exploded in my world was 21 Pilots. Um, That's a lot of pilots. That's and... more than the Blue Angels have got. They've only got like six. So... <laughs> What, 21 I, Pilots? I, I knew that you were gonna I knew that you were gonna bring up that band, and I've spent like the entire week trying to think of a good joke, and that was the best <laughs> I came up with. <laughs> good enough. So 21 Pilots really capitalized on a lot of the things that were kind of in my brain as checkboxes for what makes me listen to them. They mm -hmm. were two really good friends. They, their music is uh, kind of diverse. They do rock. They do different sounds of, of MIDI, MIDI keyboards. He raps. It's like just a diversity in it. Mm -hmm. um, the name 21 Pilots has a really good meaning uh, behind it. It's the story of the 21 Pilots uh, that I don't want to go into. I can't remember the details. I don't want to do it injustice. Go look up the story of 21 Pilots. If you like the story of the, the story of the 21 Pilots. Mm -hmm. um, it's really good. Uh, it's not long. It's like it's just like a, it's like a uh, oral. Um, what's the word? I'm like? like an anecdote kind of thing. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and he really liked that because it played really heavily into his life. And his music is about his depression. That's the thing that really stuck out to me was because this was about a time in like early like this. I had moved. I I had figured myself out. Like I talk about this a lot. When I moved to Oklahoma, I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop being ashamed of the way I am. I'm a goofy mother. I'm just going to be the way I am. And it worked wonders. Yep. <laughs> um, it did make me a lot happier. But then when I went to college, there was kind of all this like conflict and uh, like new college. Everything was new and it was like, it was overwhelming a lot. Um, it like, I, it just, shit was going down in my life sometimes and so like having this guy that would sing about and rap about his depression but it was never about like i'm so sad all the time like right. all of his song had this it was this message about yeah shit sucks but like you're here um mm -hmm. like the, the, he he would there's a reason that his fa his following is comprised of angsty young girls because it it wraps the community together um, mm -hmm. that really appealed to me. And like, just the way that he would sing about it, all his stuff was like it later. He like, more recent stuff. He gets a little bit more kind of like really on the nose about like confronting these issues. He has a song called mm -hmm. neon gravestones. That's about glorifying suicide. Like uh, it's less about like, Hey, things are going to be great, but now it's more like kind of co confronting society on like, why do we glorify this thing that people do as like the goal, like the right. end point of depression? And it's like stuff like that. It gets a little bit heavier on it, but it's never like shit sucks and I hate everyone. Like that kind of shit. Right. And I That's really, what Billie really Eilish liked is it. For. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I really liked them and I just I gravitated to them so heavily. They were the 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 center point of that like my late freshman year, junior year, uh right freshman year, sophomore year, uh junior year uh kind of realm. Yeah, I remember um, you being really into them around the time we started becoming close. Yeah. I mean, I'm still really into them. They're like, they're one that I think, and also Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters has not gone away. <laughs> Foo Fighters will never go away in my mind. I love Foo Fighters. Um, they're the two that are like my top two bands that have just like made it through my life. Like I will always go back to them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that my first senior year was still them. And then what was that? My, what when did I really shift? So this is where things start getting a little bit hazy because it kind of, okay. Beginning of junior year is when I got, I started dating another girl and we, I really connected over 21 pilots and uh, panic at the disco and junior year is when I started, uh, I think sophomore year and junior year is when I joined jazz band. So I got more into jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of accented more of the stuff, like more of the, jazz in my life um junior and senior year i listened to a lot more of that stuff um but i started to the relationship was not a great relationship and i started to kind of revert back to my rock um and was that because um, it's comforting or because you were in a bad place emotionally and it reflected that i don't know because one of the other bands i would listen to i i started listening to my junior year yeah started my junior year around the same time was Mm -hmm. when i got my job that i now have uh that i would sit at my desk and i would listen to paramore and paramore is a little bit closer to the rock side of the panic at the disco like if i had to Mm -hmm. put a band between foo fighters and panic at the disco be paramore so i think there was kind of this like uh this grad as gradient going back to like kind of a trajectory of going back to it that I was already on and then things kind of started going wrong and it kind of I just I I teetered into that that realm again so I revisited those bands again and started to kind of uh uh do a little bit more try to like find the bands I was a little bit more attentive to it it was less of the pit and it was more of like trying to stay with the stew well I was like all right I want to try a couple new bands and then Tool (laughs) And then Tool. Sud- suddenly Tool. Really should <laughs> should have been your band all along. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> you say I'm a Tool? Yes. Yes, that's uh, what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I found Tool. And I learned that they were friends before they started the band. I learned that Dan Carey, who's the drummer at grew up playing in jazz bands so his music is is influenced by jazz their Mm -hmm. music is all really intelligent like all of their stuff he's got uh he's got songs about his mom who died when he was really young and was paralyzed for a long time and it's like really melodic and it's intelligent lyrics and it's just it's it like it hit that like yeah this is awesome like this hits all of the stuff that i really like they're complicated chords complicated rhythms they're just advanced music crafting. And I was like, this is amazing. Like mm-hmm. there's so much effort that he puts into this music. And so I was on tool for a year. <laughs> right. 
Um, that was a good year. And then things that was that was maybe, it was a maybe, struggle of a year for me. Maybe it was a bad <laughs> year for you emotionally, but it was a good year for me sitting in your car listening to your music. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and so, like, that was like I discovered Tool. That would have been like. That was after a bad breakup and through the slog of the of the fallout of that relationship, yep. um, where Tool was in there. So it was kind of like this this weird blend of like the angsty, angry music, but also like uh, thought provoking and uh, and musically stimulating mm-hmm. content that just really got me. Um, and then I have two theories on this. Just 180 of my music. All right. The prevailing prevailing theory is that I wanted to revisit that alt-rock band, artist, or alt-rock playlist, but actually give them the the attention they deserve. Okay. And, like, so I picked a couple bands. I I put it on Shuffle. And I would just listen to it and I'd be like, okay, that song's kind of interesting. So I like grabbed that band and put in a different play- playlist. Listening, found another one. I was like, I kind of like that band. And the bands I picked were uh, Two Door Cinema Club, okay. uh, Young the Giant, and uh, what was the other one? I think, oh, I think it was just the two of them. I was like, who are these two? And by then, this was my mid-second senior year beginning of third senior year um so this look (laughs) rough time in college (laughs) shut up um so this was long after this this had given me enough time after the fallout of my previous my bad relationship Mm -hmm. to get out of that like negativity and i was like i i want to like life was getting a little bit better this was about the time that um uh gage was getting married um yeah. This was about the time that uh, gay, uh, our friend Nick's uh, now wife, who did not like me when she first met me because of the person I, <laughs> the person the person I was in that relationship was not a person that anybody liked, um, and like after things had kind of like gotten better, uh, there's a moment. Sorry, this is just getting way too personal. Katie said to Nick, it's like, oh, now I kind of see why you like him, why he's one of your best friends. Like, yeah, I'm a better person now. Um, So it was kind of this, like, I wanted to revisit and get away from the angsty rock that I've attached to moving and and uprooting my life and then this other gross moment in my life. And I was like, I'm going to go explore this other band. And Two Door Cinema Club is very upbeat. They kind of have a lot of disco, funk kind of like vibe going on um and uh um young the giant the drummer refuses to do things normally which i just love like all of his music is kind of complex and like he doesn't just do a standard backbeat sometimes he does but he doesn't always just do a standard bat beat um uh and like so i like i gave them the attention they deserved and i was like i really like this music like, I I just like I and I got really into them for a while, um, and I think that was the pivot 
I don't, that's, that's the prevailing theory that the, where that, that was kind of like that first little like landing into this area, kind of looking around and going, Ooh, look at this new music. Yeah. The second theory is literally a YouTube video of Jimmy Kimmel that I came across on, like on my Facebook page or something of, um, a band called half alive playing on Jimmy Kimmel, their song still feel. And I, Still cannot tell you why that song just like grabbed my soul. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> it, I, I, I was watching it and it was just a live performance of it. And I was just like, this is like, this is the music I want to listen to. This is, it's just this like upbeat major key. Like it, the, the song was, it's just so danceable. Like I've shown you Matt that song several times. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so danceable. And I was like, this is what I want to be in. And this was around the time where, um, I started dating another, I started dating another girl that just it, the, the effect she had on me was maturity. Like I just, it, like life was like getting better. It was a great relationship for the time it lasted. Um, and then, uh, like I just, it, it helped me grow as a person through that because it was also the first relationship after a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a lot of personal growing to do. And so like this music was kind of this like, the reason I mentioning is it has to do with the music is it's all just kind of this like little growth of like personal growth of being happier. Right. Um, and, uh, that relationship she broke up with me out of nowhere and it like shattered my world but like this music had kind of like put me in a place where i don't want to be angsty anymore Mm -hmm. like i want to be a happy person and like i just i i did it for a third time where i went and i just found more artists like i i wanted more like this and Mm -hmm. they were all kind of in the same realm like 21 pilots was coming across coming up in radios and I came across bands like Hippocampus, Bombay Bicycle Club, um, more of like the rest of Half Alive's album, obviously. Boy, uh, those are like some weird this... band names. <laughs> that <laughs> it, they're weird. Like it's it's this indie music that also, and then Billie Eilish, like it brought Billie Eilish into my radar. Mm-hmm. And it's just this like this music that is like they're not trying to satisfy the broad like angsty world they're they're creating music and it's just it are you including billy eilish in that list of not wanting to be angsty well okay (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i'm including her in the crafting part of it okay um but it's just like after that relationship and then that one real and then a really brief relationship i had after her after that that like i was kind of went through and i was exercising for like a good long time this was like this was the beginning of my last senior year, right before the pandemic. This was a year ago from today. I was really getting into like these, this like sinking my teeth in this music. Um, and I just like, I, I was exercising a lot mm-hmm. and it was like, I was the happiest I've ever been because of this music. Like I say it's because of this music. I think it's because of the way that the music, the way that I interpreted me getting to that music and wanting to be happy. Like this does, I was like, I don't want to be sad anymore. And this music just plays into that emotion. 
sort of where a virtuous like, cycle. I, yeah. And yeah. Music, and music like, makes you happy and you being happy makes you bring to that music. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I know where I want to be and I was there. Pandemic mm-hmm. happened. Call that up. Yep. <laughs> but like I, I, that's about, that's the time when I was like super happy, super confident. I started dating Kaylin. One of the best things that ever happened to me. Like it just, I, that, I, I don't know where that shift was, but it was somewhere in the last two years where it was just like, I need this new world of music to really mm-hmm. define who I am. And it has. And now yeah. I am a, like, I, humbly speaking, I'm genuinely a much better person than I was five years ago in every possible way. Like, I, I care more about my friends. I do more with my friends. I am less self-centered about a lot of stuff. I'm more ambitious. I'm, it's just, I, everything. The reason I'm saying all this is because music makes a difference. Yeah. Um, I think if we've revealed anything here today, it's that your choices about your music can uh, play a big role. Yeah. It's like, you can think that music is just a supplementary content to your life all you want, but like, if you dedicate your time, I mean, it's if, if you dedicate just or like put any effort into what you listen to, it can affect your mentality. Like it's just mm-hmm. listening to Breaking Benjamin puts me in a mentality of anger. Listening to uh, Still Feel by Half Alive puts me in a like. A st- I want everyone to go listen to their music, not because it's just really good and catchy music, but also they also really care about the way that they, what they say. Mm -hmm. They have a song called rest. That is, it's about not overworking yourself. Uh, it has a line that's, um, letting go is pushing back. Shifting gears is uh, shifting gear. Changing gears is saving gas. It's about like relax, rest, recover your mental, your, your mental state, like stuff like that. And it just, it's, it's all part of that mentality. A lot of their music is the same way. It's very optimistic. Uh, it's like, there's a line in one of their songs. It's almost explicitly, the world seems bleak, but like, we're all here and we all love. Like, it's just kind of that stuff. It's like yeah. kind of hippie-ish, but like, it's, it's just all optimistic. And you choose the, like you said, you choose the music that you want to feel. And if you do that, you can feel that way. And it's just music is so much more of a, of an emotional connection than it has been. Or not, I don't know why I said that. It's more of a connection than people think it can be. Yeah. Okay. That's my monologue. Fair enough. All right. (laughs) Uh, So do you, do you think you have to be kind of deliberate and active when you're actually listening to music to take that much effect? I think the music has an effect regardless. Um, okay. Because I, I wasn't thinking about what effect, like, what does it... I wasn't deciding how I wanted to feel back when I put myself in a pit. Mm-hmm. I just, I subconsciously did it because this music connected with the way I felt at the moment. And then it yeah. pushed that. It, it, it accented that. But then, 
last couple of years when I decided that I wanted to be happier, decided that I wanted to listen to better music, that made a difference. Mm -hmm. It's you don't have to make an effort to have the music affect you, but you may not have control over what your music is affecting you. Like or what in what way it's affecting you. Okay. Because the music has an effect. Music is inherently we've talked about this actually several times how your your the sense of hearing is a lot more effective than you think it is because mm -hmm. it's a very instinctually driven thing exactly and so like your brain takes music your brain takes the rapidly moving vibrations into your into your ears and then interprets it in a certain way and music does that it it causes yep. those those certain chemical reactions this is getting very scientific causes those chemical reactions in a certain way if you're listening to music that's causing negative emotions, you're going to be negative. But yep. if you, so you have to choose what you're listening to. If you're listening to a song that's happy and you're like, I want to feel happy. People do this all the time. Kaylin listens. Kaylin is very mood mu music driven. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't listen to an artist because she likes the artist and she wants to listen to it. She's like, I have a, I have a specific feeling that I want to feel mm -hmm. when listening to music. She went back to her, uh, um, um, her YouTube or her Spotify year thing and her last one, all of her music was about like breakups. Like the top three ones were like, I wish I could forget you or something like that. Like really break us up because she was like, that's where she was at that point. Uh -huh. And then you look at her stuff now and I, I'm happy that it's this. It's really like happy and like good in a good place. Like, okay. Because that's that's what music can do. Hers is different than mine. Like mine is, mm -hmm. I use I use the, well, I mean, uh, not too different, honestly. Um, uh, about like I use I used mine to drive what I wanted to feel. Right. Um, if I'm in a bad mood, I listen to happy music because it makes me happier. I don't listen to sad music. When I cook, I have one artist, Cat Empire, that. I that I listen to when I cook because it's it's danceable, it's 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 aloof, it's Latin, so like I don't know, it makes me think I cook better or something. But <laughs> it's and they sing about like, wine, which is fun. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, it's just uh, yeah. So to answer that question, kind of going all the way back to that is, you don't need to consciously decide to listen to the music for it to have an effect. It will have okay. an effect. You need to decide what you want to listen to in order to have that affect you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And also I think people need to put a little more effort into like listening to words. I don't know. I didn't for a long time. And now that I do, I feel emotion so much more. Like songs make me cry now because I actually listen to what the words are saying. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. But. Do you, do you worry that um, by making uh, music choice is such an important driver of your um, just your mood and your your decision making. Do you worry that you risk making um, choosing music and listening to music more of a chore? I don't think so. Well, I, it's I'm not gonna say 100% no because I am actually at a point right now where I'm trying to like reach out and find some new bands. I found a new I found a band to play at Artist Radio for. I mm -hmm. started 21 Pilots Artist Radio, which I hadn't done before, and I want to see kind of what comes from that. Uh, but I just kind of want to reach out and find some new bands. Um, and it is 
I don't know if this is specifically what you're asking, but it's harder to find. It is kind of a bit of a chore to find artists that I really like because they need to satisfy so many criteria. Right. Um, but I don't think when it comes to, if I want it to be like affect the way my life, like my mood or my life or whatever, I don't think it's that much of a chore because like, I, I think it has become less of a chore over the past couple of years because I know what I want my life to be like. And mm -hmm. I don't do things that sabotage that. Okay. So like, I don't, I don't change my life the way I want my life to be on a, like completely on a whim, like, or not right. like on a whim, but like very yeah. instantly. Yeah. If I want it, like my life will, I want my, the way I want my life to be in 10 years will be different than now, but it'll right. be gradual. And from kind of like month to month, as I'm listening to music, that will kind of change to what I want to be at every given month. And it will kind of go with it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be much of a, of a chore to find the music. Uh, I think it will just kind of come with it. Okay. Um, but at all points when I'm like discovering new bands, I'm like, does this make me feel happy? Like, am I dancing along? I listened to, I, I think I discovered a new band on the way up here. I can't remember the name of it because it's brand new. Um, on my app, I was like, okay, okay. I vibe with this. Like, I was just like, mm -hmm. I was dancing. I was like, this makes me, this is that. I think there's kind of a test, like a subconscious test I do that if I like this band as much as I want to like the bands, I will be able to roll my windows down and drive because it's just this feeling yeah. of joy and like, and pleasantness yeah. to driving with my windows rolled down and my hand out. Like if I don't want to listen to it, if I want to sit in my car with the windows closed and I just like, and, and, and heat, I, I don't, I don't think I want to listen to that music. Yeah. Um, there's a new band that I've been in, uh, two new bands that I'm into lately. Uh, the band, the band Camino. It, the whole that's the whole name of the band. It's the band, the band Camino, and uh, Vinyl Theater. That are both uh, like uh, the band Camino, kind of bringing back that through line of fullness. Mm -hmm. I still can't place my my thumb on it, but it just it feels full. Like it just feels like it's a just a the the like a I don't know. <laughs> Food analogy. Food analogy. <laughs> I, was going, I was going to say like a giant loaf of bread or like instead of like a donut, it's just like mm -hmm. this, like a hefty loaf of bread or like yeah. a pie, like like a like a pie that's just like, it's the whole thing. Okay. Sure. I don't know. Good. Yes. <laughs> or like a supreme pizza where it's not just like pepperonis every once in a while. It's like all of the things and you can't see the cheese. Good. <laughs> Um, but no, it's, yeah, so I hope I answered your question with that several monologues. I think so. Um, <laughs> yeah, you answered, well, you definitely answered the question of, is it a chore to, like, seek out new music? Does it ever become a chore, or do you think you would, it would risk becoming a chore to actually listen to the music? If it's more about, okay, I just, I need to put myself in a good place today, I'm going to listen to some happy music. I don't care about the music, it's just going to affect me. Uh, like, like if I was, it, like you're saying, if I'm in a bad mood, is it a chore to go and listen to music? Yeah. Is it? No, it not at all. Not uh, honestly. Okay. No, it's, uh, it has become, because of my awareness that it has been such a pivotal part in the development of my, my present mental state. Mm -hmm. It's actually, it's actually kind of a reaction. It's kind of like a Pavlov's dog where like, as I start to kind of get down, I'm like, I need to listen to music. Like I want to listen to music. I want to go like, it just, mm -hmm. it happens. Like I listen to music yeah. all the time now. Uh, like 
because I have a desktop and I'm doing something tedious on a computer, I'll like have music playing or something like that. Sure. Um, but like, I don't know. It's just, uh, if I ever get down, I'll just like walk into my room, tell Alexa to shuffle goodies, which is my playlist of all my favorite artists at any given point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, and I'll just like listen to it. I'll fold or something, but the music, just the air of the thing is it's like I said, like a Pavlov's dog where yeah. I, I, I gravitate to it when i need it yeah and i suppose i'm sweaty good (laughs) if you've done a good job like cultivating your own musical tastes you're not gonna run into stuff that you're just like oh i'm not excited about this but i'll listen right right if you put in the effort and the time to actually like okay this is stuff i'm going to enjoy then you're gonna enjoy it yeah all right wow this was such a like i was not expecting this to go for an hour and yeah. be as cathartic as it was. <laughs> yeah, I think this is really good. All right, do you have a yeah. do you have a thesis? Well, before before I have a thesis, yeah. do you have do you have a couple of recommendations for people? Uh, Half Alive um, is just it's such a good band. Like it's just they have good messages. Their music all sounds different. Like that you you can't really blend them all together. It's just like they feel good. Um, I would wholeheartedly recommend them to everybody. Um, if you like, if you don't mind the genre specifically, like you're open to other genres and you like being meant like, um, musically and intellectually challenged, I think tool is a good one to go to, uh, tool. You have to actually like go and look at the words and think about them because they are very, they can be very cryptic. Um, like there's a reference to the, like, that um, they have a song that is it's about the uh, Jupiter ascension Saturn ascension uh, that's about 30 years and it's this whole like uh, astrological psychological thing that people go through after about 30 years and it's just really deep uh uh so their song lateralis or lateralis is about the uh fibonacci sequence and it's like so rooted in a fibonacci sequence like you can look up youtube videos of them breaking down the music starts on us on the like if you look at the number of seconds it's the the golden ratio mm-hmm. like the rhythms break down into the fibonacci sequence it's just all it's, it's a lot um but no, so I would say those two are two that I would really, I would really recommend uh, to people. Cool. Hip, uh, Hippocampus is also pretty fun, mm-hmm. but like Half Alive, they've got one album out, so it's not a chore to go and listen to their album. They've got one album mm-hmm. and like an EP, um, so it's not a lot to go listen to their whole thing. Um, listen to the album straight through. Also, that's another thing that I've learned uh, since Tool listen to artists albums all the way through like from beginning to end like it it doesn't have to be all in one sitting but do yourself a service and actually like sit down like put on a good set of headphones or something and like just listen to the whole thing all the way through because it's they put it in a certain way like if they're if they care enough about their music they'll put it in a certain way that is is designed to give you the feeling of the album and also just Sometimes you get like the little intro bits. Um, there's a song called The Notion, a song. There's an in, uh, uh, interlude called The Notion in uh, Half Alive's album. 
that is just it's very simple it's just this girl talking it's just like oh i didn't think that a lot of americans had faith like that's because they do they have, a, they have they have a lot of faith stuff in there and it's just like this little interview thing that just kind of it fits it, it mm-hmm. like it it's part of the message um but yeah so yeah. that's all that all right good stuff thesisize us uh i think that it's kind of hard to do a thesis because this is really just about me i know um broadly speaking i think that i let music define i I think i think i let my life define my music and it accented my life for 20 years and coupled with depression really made things hard on me but the moment that i was able to identify music's effect and make a decision and allow music to be a crucial part of that is mm-hmm. when my life like just exponentially improved okay um so that's my thesis on my life <laughs> very good yes i think that's the way my life went good to know and how does that make you feel really good good shall we we shall Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode where Preston explained all of his musical likes and dislikes. Well, not really his dislikes so much. Mostly just not really. Yeah. <laughs> I really focus on just my likes. Yep. Uh, if we, Yeah, we'll have to do another one for the dislikes in a year or two when this one is worn off and we can talk about why we don't like certain music. I don't know. I forgot to talk about... Okay, real quick. I want to jump okay. s- all right. really quickly. Unshelsting. Uh, uh, I don't like rap. I say that. I also try to clarify that I don't like rap that's only about booties and hoes and drugs and just stuff the, like that. That's the good stuff in life. Kendrick, man. Kendrick Lamar. I, I need to listen to more of his music. Uh, and Mac Miller. I listen to both of them. Kendrick Lamar has an album called To Pimp a Butterfly. And it's entirely about like the music's indus- music industry's... Uh, um, uh, exploitation of black people and their communities and their like their lower socioeconomical stand like they're like mm-hmm. uh, averages exploiting them for money yeah. and it's it's crazy like to listen to that and that's the like i i have learned that i don't care about the genre i care about the message at this point uh-huh. and kendrick lamar i will i will listen to that mother <laughs> all right <laughs> so I forgot to mention that. That was something that I talked about how like uh, rap with 21 Pilots and with Linkin Park, I was going right. to capitalize on that with Kendrick Lamar. But, whoops. Anyway, back right. to shousting. Reshousting. Uh, yeah, so thanks everyone for listening. Um, we'll be doing me in a few weeks here. I don't know when exactly, uh, but I'll talk about classical music and you'll all be bored out of your mind. It's going to be great. Um, (laughs) let's see you can find this podcast uh if you're interested in hearing some more episodes from us where we mostly talk more about like uh, movies and tvs and comics and that sort of thing um on soundcloud itunes spotify podbean iHeartRadio, and probably other places also um really anywhere you can find a podcast you can find us we're on we're on um oh and you should look for our wonder woman review which is probably out by the time this episode has come out 
Um, Wonder Woman 1984. We did a, a full long review on it. We I think it went very well. We got some very good coherent points and dug into a lot of things. Yeah. Um, we talked about themes. Talked about themes. <laughs> I just did a weird thing into my camera, but no one's gonna see it. I know this, that was bad and weird and wrong. Uh, yeah, so you can find that on all of those places. Um, we're on YouTube, where we'll post little shortened versions of our discussion. So if you've got a friend and they're maybe not sure about us, send that uh, YouTube video their way, and then they can they can kind of check us out and get a feel for us, see if they, they want to uh, do more. Um, don't forget about uh, liking, subscribing, doing the other positive and affirmative things on whichever medium you're on, and uh, also starting fights in the comments, because controversy is good, and we like controversy here at Just Us Losers. Um, you can yep. find us on Facebook, where I will probably have posted a written review by the time this uh, episode comes out for Wonder Woman 1984. Um, hopefully, assuming tomorrow goes as planned. We are on Twitter, at JustUsLosersPod. We're on Instagram, at JustUsLosersPod. That's where most of the good stuff happens, most of our interesting things. Our social media team is largely Instagram-driven, and that's fine and well and good. Um... We're on Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com, where if you have some music recommendations for Preston that you think would fit in with his current tastes, send him his way. That'd be that'd be much appreciated. If you think his tastes are stupid and wrong, tell him. Send him an email. Send him a strongly worded I'll email. I'll kill you! I will kill you! <laughs> Let's see. Are we on anything else? I think that's everything we're on. On uh, so many drugs. Well, yeah, that too. Uh, let's see. Next week? Oh, next week will be our 2020 hindsight year in review episode. I made that joke last year because it was the decade in hindsight, but, like, I can reuse it. So, we'll be <laughs> doing that. Well, um, uh, that'll be coming, that'll be coming soon. Um, we've, we'll have our Christmas special out. It'll be just a brief little Hopefully. minisode talking about, talking about the Chris's and what they've done this year. And I don't know, because I haven't seen anything they've done this year. So... Yeah, be fun. Anyway, until you next time. Have seen any of what they've done this year? I saw Wonder Woman. All right. Well, I'll be mostly driving that. That'll be all right. <laughs> I can I can make certain suppositions based on the trailers. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So check us out on that stuff. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 That was a shredder. <laughs> Anything can be music. <laughs>